We good, Bruce? We're good. We're good. Good morning, everyone. All week I've been talking about the response that I hope you can give me this morning concerning this message. We're in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. I don't know how far I'll get, but getting back to the way I have you to respond, or I want you to respond, I want to hear some amens this morning. Can I get an amen? I want to hear, I want, to, I want you to raise your hand when you know these things apply to you. I'm going to say it again. I saw some of you, including me, I was raising my hand to these awesome songs, and I want you to know these songs that were sung this morning fit right in, and we didn't correspond. Mr. Crutzer and I didn't correspond uh, with the song, but they fit right in this message, and you're going to see it as we go along. Can I get another amen? amen. So once again, don't be intimidated by raising your hand or saying amen. And I'm going to start right away. I guess that was a start. Ecclesiastes, amen. <laughs> Potsdam Bible Church, say church. Now, I know I've said this before, so for everyone who's already heard me say this, I'm going to say it again. Say church again. That word is, now you don't have to respond to this right away, but I hope you will. That word from, comes from a word, ecclesia, which means called out. Ek means out, and ecclesia means called. So the church is a called out group of people who meet to praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, brother. I hope I'm not going to step on your toes but I'm going to say to church, no matter where you worship, and I must say, it matters where you worship. If you've been born again, if you've been saved by the blood, if you know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, you are part of the church of the living God. And I'm going to make this clear. It doesn't have to be at the Pottstown Bible Church. It's anywhere that preaches the full counsel of God. Pottstown Bible Church, I know I'm still on one, and I must say this, and I have this in my note. I have a lot to say about verse 1. So let's move on. Although in this last chapter of Ecclesiastes, the preacher, that's Solomon, he speaks directly to those who are young. You'll see that in a few minutes. Still much can be applied to us who are now much older. And perhaps you'll say, oh yeah, that is so true or was so true of me. You want to find a lot in this chapter that applies not only to the younger and I'm going to repeat this again. I want you to raise your hand, say amen, whatever you see that applies to you. So let's start with verse 1. Remember, you can see those three asterisks behind it. 
Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. I'm going to repeat that again because that's kind of hard to understand and I hope to elaborate on that. Remember also your creator or creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. So let's start with Solomon's advice to the young. Solomon is admonishing young men and women, warning them about the dangers of not restraining their fleshly desires. Solomon himself, the very one who wrote this, had failed miserably in this area. He had many wives and much riches, all of which turned his heart away from serving the living God. I'm going to say that again because the next page is going to elaborate on it again. Solomon is admonishing young men and women, warning them about the dangers of not restraining their fleshly desires. Solomon himself had failed miserably in this area. He had many wives and much riches, all of which turned his heart away from serving the living God. You can find that in 1 Kings chapter 11. The use of the term creator, found in verse 1, reveals that every person, that includes you and me, owes a great deal to the one who has formed him. Can I get that amen? Or her. How can anyone do less than devote his life or her life to God? When this is realized, then one can reflect on his or her life with peace. Number six. How about you? Solomon himself had failed miserably in this area, he had many wives, I know I'm repeating myself, and much riches, all of which turned his heart away from serving God. Question, question. How many times, and I want you to be serious, how many times have you and I miserably failed in certain areas of our life? Can I get an Amen. You must admit, and I must admit, we have failed God many times. And in that sense, we're no better than Solomon. Let's check out the next page. But God. There's the key. But God. That's the turning point. But God. Being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, I'm getting excited. By grace, are you saved? Oh, for God's grace, if it wasn't for his grace, where would you and I be? This is the King James, but God, who is rich in mercy, you see that? He's not stingy. He, God's not stingy. He's rich. Say rich. 
for his great love wherewith he loved us. Don't you know that God loved you while you were dead in trespasses and sins? Even when you were dead, in, he didn't wait for you to get your courage, your, your, your attitude, your habits. He, he didn't wait. He loved you while you were dead in trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us. Say quickened. You know what that word quickened means? Somebody said it. Several of you said it. It means to make alive. And I'm going to say this before I go on. And I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, you're still dead in trespasses and sins. Can I get a witness? What the church of God needs today, and I'm not just saying this on my own. I got it from here too. Someone to tell the truth. The truth about me, the truth about you. We were all sinners until we came to the cross of Christ and he saved us. Every one of us. For the Bible says all, you can complete the rest, have sinned and came short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Number eight, even the baby says amen. The result of this reflection is the acknowledgement that the pleasure of this life cannot be compared to the joy that comes from living for God. Solomon had lived foolishly, yielding to those fleshly desires and being held captive to them. However, he writes at the end of his life to encourage young people to follow God while they are still in their youth so that in their old age they will look back on a fruitful life having been blessed by God. I'm going to apply that to you and me, even though we're older. Can you look back on your life and say, I see it now, God. If you wouldn't have brought it to my attention, I see what I did in the past. And I see how you preserved me in order that I might come to know the living Christ. He saved you from many things that you didn't even recognize at the time. But as we became older, you say, I can see what God has already done for me without my even knowing it. He's a good God. Somebody said all the time. Number nine. Now let's read Ecclesiastes 12, verses 1 through 14, beginning with verses 1 through 3. Remember also you're created the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars were darkened and clouds returned after the rain. What, what is he talking about? You're going to find out, I hope. In the day that the watchman of the house, who is the watchman of the house, tremble, and the mighty men stoop, the grinding ones, but you know who they are, stand idle because they are few, and those who look through windows grow dim. I bet you know who those are. And the doors on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low, and one will rise 
will arise at the sound of the bird and all the daughters of the song will sing softly. Furthermore, verse 5, men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. The almond tree blossoms. The grasshopper drags himself along and the caperberry, I have a note on that. I hope I'll get to it earlier or later, is ineffective. For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the street. Now, if I don't get to this, I'm going to say it right now. I'm on verse 5. For man goes to his eternal home. Say eternal home. As I said, I don't know if I'm going to get to this, so I'm going to say it right now. When you leave this earth, don't be fooled. Your soul and your spirit are going somewhere consciously. And though your body might drop to the ground, your soul and your spirit consciously are going to be somewhere. And you have to decide in this life, right now, in this life, where you're going to spend eternity. Now that's all I'll say about it until I get to it, if I get to it, Later on, number 11, remember. Say remember. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bow or bowl is struck or crushed. The pitcher by the well is shattered and the well at the cistern is crushed. Solomon, what indeed are you talking about? Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Say spirit. I don't know why I'm repeating myself on this, but maybe, some, maybe I'm spoke, talking to someone. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. I'm going to say it again. You have a spirit, and I know sometimes translated as soul, and sometimes they're interchanged. I know that, and probably many of you also know it. It's been two weeks ago, maybe three. A young lady... committed suicide right from this church and she said Brother Carter that was a wonderful message but I'm not capitalizing on the message she heard the gospel for the very last time can I get an amen she heard the gospel. Where she is right now, I don't know. I'm not going to presume that I'm some kind of super prophet or whatever you might be called. But she heard the gospel. I don't want to clear up another thing that I heard. Some people are purporting that the word of God teaches if you commit suicide, you're lost. Let me say, it's nowhere found in this book. 
nowhere found in this book. There are plenty of dismayed Christians, and I'm going to just be honest, who have committed suicide, but there with the Lord. Don't you be fooled. Jesus, he paid it all. Even for your suicide. And when he said to tell us die, he meant paid in full. He didn't mean I paid for some of it. He meant I paid it all. And that's why we're saved by God's grace. Can I take advantage of his grace? God forbid. God forbid that Brother Carter would say, well, I'm saved by God's grace so I can just go out and do anything. I doubt if Brother Carter is saved. Because faith without works is what? Dead. You say you believe in Jesus Christ. What about you and me displaying some of that grace to others? How about an encouraging word to others? How about praying with others? How about lifting up a broken spirit? Number 12. Is this all there is, my friend? Vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge. And he pondered, searched out and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and write words of truth correctly. Say delightful words. Now, I didn't intend to say this, but it certainly applies How many times have you and I delighted in the Word of God? Can I get a witness? I mean, if you, if you get a love letter when you were younger, when you got a love letter from your sweetheart, you went over time and time and time again. Can I get one amen? Well, what about this book? This is a priceless book. It is filled with all kinds of delicacies. And all you and I have to do is just open them up and say, open thou my eyes, O God, that I may see glorious things out of your law. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22. Number 13. The words of a wise man are like goads. And masters of these collections are like well-known nails. They are given by one shepherd. Say shepherd. I didn't mean to say this either, but since we're talking about death, at least a little part, I want you to complete this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, I will I'm going to ask you candidly, and only you can answer this. Are you sure you're saved? 
is the Lord your shepherd. And if you were to die this very day, and I, this is later on too, to be absent from this human physical body, I added that in there, is to be what? Present with Jesus Christ. Imme- the Greek includes immediately. There's not a big space between you dying and you being with the Lord. It's immediate. I'm going to say this again. And I know I've said it before, so excuse me, those who've heard it before. Don't you believe any false prophet when he says, when you're dead, it's over. Fourteen. The conclusion when all has been said, fear God, say fear God, and keep his commandments because this applies to every person, not just to the young, middle, old, doesn't matter. Fear God. And I'm going to say this, do you know that fearing the Lord, that awesome God, is an is a indication that you are saved? Let me put it this way. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. For God will bring every act into judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or bad. Let me say this, and it's not in my notes. Every born-again believer is going to stand before the judgment seat, the bema seat of Christ, and give an account of what you did after you got saved. Where do you find that, Brother Bruce? No, I'm not going to turn to it. Second Corinthians chapter 5. You can look it up. Don't you want to hear him say, well done. Well done. Now, unless otherwise cited, number 15, the following comments have been taken from Adams Clark's commentary. It is my responsibility to tell you where I got this information and how I contemplated to give you the message. Number 16. We're back on verse 1 again. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no delight in them. The key word here, and you can see it, is remember. 17. So before we go any further, I wish to talk to you about in what sense or senses the word remember is used. According to one of the sources which I have consulted, there are three groups of meanings of the word remember. Say remember. For completely mental acts such as remembering or paying attention to, paying attention to, for such inward mental acts accompanied by external acts. I have this on the next page, so don't get lost. For forms of audible, say audible. That means out. Speaking with such meaning as recite or invoke. Brother Bruce, what indeed are you talking about? Well, let's apply. For complete mental acts such as remembering or paying attention to. One, 
Number two, for such inward mental acts as accompanied by external acts. And you see that I have in brackets, faith without works is... I'm going to say this again. I don't know who I'm talking to, and I'm also talking to myself. Faith without works is dead. You say you believe in God, but you don't ever go to a Bible study. You don't ever get into the Word of God. You don't pray. You don't do it. I doubt whether you're saved. Faith without works is dead. The devils believe and tremble, and they're not saved. Somebody who places their face in the finished work of Christ is going to show some fruit. It might be a baby fruit, but there's going to be some fruit in your life. Can I get a witness? I'm probably going to step on some toes here. But if you're living for the world, Christian, don't call yourself a Christian. That goes for me too. For forms of audible speaking with such meanings as recite or invoke. Now let's get into the application. Number 19. As far as I can apply them in this message, all three are in operation and sometimes overlapping or, or mixed together. Again, it seems like all three constants of remember. Say remember. So here we go. Let me skip to number one. For completely mental acts such as remembering or paying attention, remember also, there it is, remember your creator. Doesn't Solomon, doesn't Solomon, it should be Solomon's advice, include paying attention to our creator in the days of our youth? Don't we also, as older folks, don't we need to pay attention? Don't you and I need to pay attention? You might find this a little bit uh, funny, and I hope you do. I was just watching some cartoons yesterday, and um, the rooster said to the uh, fellow who, the professor who was reading the book, pay attention, boy, when I'm talking to you. Don't you know I'm talking to you? Pay attention. And you know what? In a more solemn sense, pay attention. Don't fall asleep. Don't have your cell phone on. Don't walk up and down and, and, and you have to go out and get a cigarette. Pay attention. Don't insult God. Don't worry about insulting me. Don't insult the Lord. I, I'm nothing. I'm nothing but a messenger. That's all I am. A messenger. And if you're a Christian, you're a messenger too. Don't be fooled. Just because I get up here in the pulpit doesn't mean you're not a messenger for God. We are all ambassadors for Christ. And I pray ye in Christ said, be ye reconciled to God. The author of Hebrews thinks we should be pay attention. For this reason, we, say we, the emphasis is on we, not on Brother Carter, on you and me. We must 
pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. That's what happened to me before. I read the Bible. That's right, I'm going to pick on Brother Carter. I read the Bible, then I walked away. How about you? We must pay much closer attention to what you have heard, lest we drift away from it. And I'm going to tell you, and many of you already know that that word drift away has the idea, it's a, it's a nautical term. What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? It means it refers to uh, marines and boats. It means slowly drift away. That's what happens to you and me when you get out of focus for Jesus Christ. You slowly, the devil takes you slowly, your flesh takes you slowly away from communication. For if the word spoken through angels prove unalterable, and every transgression disobedience received a just recompense, how shall we escape if we neglect? Say neglect. neglect. Don't neglect your salvation. Don't neglect it. It costs a heavy price. I got to slow down for a minute because I can sense that I want to talk about Jesus again. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Go ahead, repeat the rest. For yours be done. Lest we drift away from it. If the Lord had said, I can't do it. I'll put it on me. I would be lost forever. And if I may be frank, so would you. But he didn't. And I heard this from one of the most outstanding preachers that I've ever heard, Jeremiah, Dr. David Jeremiah. I know this is the Bible, so I'm not being irreverent. If this were a book of your sins, if it was, he, the Father, I, if you think I'm telling a lie, just read Isaiah 53. Took all your sins, and if I may use this term, he packed them up and placed them on his son. Can I get an Amen. That's why you and I can say, and I know I said it before, it's finished. For such inward, here's number two, for such inward mental acts accompanied by external acts, remember what's your creator. Here's what the psalmist said. Thy word I have treasured, and the King James says hidden in my heart. That's an inward mental act. Remember, we're talking about the word remember. 
inward mental act. Thy word have I hid or treasured in my heart. Now here's the outward, that I may not sin against you. You can see that I have a question. Doesn't that apply to you and me? Say amen. amen. Thy word have I hidden in my heart or treasured that I might not sin against you. And don't forget, faith without works is a dead faith. It's dead. I have a note here that's not up there. You say you're a Christian. Let's see some good works. Can I get a witness? 22. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Remember your creator, that is honor, fear, love, obey, serve him. In a word, act as becomes one who is mindful of God and bears him continually in his thoughts. When you got up this morning, and I'm not saying you have to follow this protocol, but it probably is something like this. When you got up this morning, did you say, thank you, Jesus, for getting me out of the bed? Did you say, thank you for letting me walk down the stairs? Yes, you get like that when you get older. Can I get a witness? Don't deny it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping me to walk up the block. Twenty-three. Here's number three. Remember your creator in the days of your loose for forms of audible, say audible. Now here we go with speaking. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God? David's enemies were taunting him. Where is he? I thought he was your rescue. Where is he? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God. Now listen to this. With the voice of joy. Say voice of joy. I'm telling you again and again and again. The Christian life is filled with grief. But it's also filled with overwhelming joy. What do you grieve about? A lost loved one, a lost neighbor, maybe some infirmities that you have yourself. What do you mean by that, brother? Some weakness. With a voice of joy and thanksgiving. Say thanksgiving. I know this is a repeat. How many times have you thanked the Lord for just being able to breathe? And notice, this is number three, audible speaking. If we, I'm including myself, if we know the Lord, what's wrong with talking about him? Twenty-four. 
Remember him. Consider that he is your creator, your loving and affectionate father. In youth, memory is strong and tenacious. But through the perversion of the heart by sin, young people can remember anything better than God. You know, that's there for you and me, too. We remember some, we remember some past hurts that somebody gave us and, and some of the things that we have perpetrated ourselves on others. We remember if you get a kindness from a friend, you can remember that and feel gratitude for it. And the person is therefore dear to you. Have any ever given you such benefits as your creator? Think about it. I'm not going to try to explain that because it's on the next page. That baby is still saying hallelujah. Hallelujah for babies. And you know what? The Bible says, except you become as little children, you shall not see the kingdom of God. What blessings are these? Your body and soul came from him. You gave you, he gave you your eyes, your ears, tongues, hands, feet. What blessings are these? How excellent, how useful, how necessary. Will you forget him? I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. I'm going to say it again and you can see it at the bottom of the script. Does it not apply to you and me? I give thanks to you for I am fearfully. Why are your eyes just where they are? Why is your nose just where it is? Because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Why is your heart right where it is? Even the cell phone knows that. Yes, I'm going to preach today. Maybe somebody gets saved. Maybe somebody comes to know Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody will make sure that they're going to be with the Lord forever. Instead of picking and choosing and trying to please everybody, praise Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 5 says this. I better turn to it so I don't mess it up. And this is not in your notes. Excuse me for just a second. Revelation 5. Say Revelation 5. Say maybe you'll go home and look for it and you'll see it. I'm sorry about the delay. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't mean to turn here. Sing with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb. Say, worthy is the Lamb. That was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature. Did you hear that? I could jump up and shout for that. Every creature. If every creature is jumping up, Jesus couldn't be a creature. And let me add this before I go on. He was 100% God and 100% man. And in heaven, he sits on the right hand of the throne of his father in bodily presence. For in him, 
dwells all, not some, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And, but he adds this in the next verse. For we are complete in him. Are you complete in Jesus? I don't need another book. I don't need another man. I need Jesus. And every creature, now my glasses are teared up. <laughs> and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I say, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? Jesus Christ, forever and ever. But catch the next verse. And all four beasts, I'm not going to try to explain that, said amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that sits on the throne. Let me briefly just say, the one who sits on the throne is, is Jehovah or God the Father. Well, the one who's right next sitting on the same throne is that awesome son, Jesus Christ. And what did they do? They bowed down to worship. Don't you let any false prophet tell you that Jesus Christ is just the man. If he was just the man, he wouldn't be sitting on the right hand of the throne of God and being worshipped. Wake up to whom Jesus is. 26. I'm sure glad I'll get some, I'm sure glad you see my hands trembling a little. I'm, when I get that new body, these hands won't tremble anymore. I won't be missing some hair. I'll be able to walk straighter. I'll be able to step off and say, praise Jesus. And guess who'll get the glory? He'll get it. And when you and I had been undone by sins, God the Father sent his son to redeem you and me by his blood. And he sends his spirit to enlighten you. Say spirit. That word spirit, Jesus said, I'm going to send another comforter. That word another means, it's the, I, don't, I don't mind using one Greek word. The word is alas. Jesus said, I'm going to send another alas. What kind of comforter? Another of the same kind. The Holy Spirit, let me just put a little thing here for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person. And he lives within every born-again creator. Every, every, every born-again Christian. To enlighten. Don't you know the Holy Spirit enlightens you to the word? He convicts and convinces you of sin. He, he's the one He's the operation of God to get you to see 
that you're a sinner. Now, I got this right now, but I, I don't have time to read it. But it talks about sin. And I'm going to just say this. I'm going to make a practical application. This morning before you came, when I came in the front door, there was, and I hope you won't be insulted because I'm not trying to insult you, there was some dog crap out there. Can I get a witness? That stuff was so repugnant. The flies were all over it. So I, I'm not bragging because somebody had to do it. I went out there and I cleaned that stuff up and put some spray on it. Flies went away. I couldn't stop washing my hands. I was washing my hands in there plenty of time. I just, I just couldn't. I threw the stuff out. Why'd you bring that up, Brother Bruce? That's what, that's what your and my sin looks like. You think sin is just, oh, I just made a mistake. I, I, I didn't, it's a little fib lie. What do you think the Son of God went through when he took all your crap? That's what it is. He took all your crap. It was so filthy to him, knowing that he was going to go through, that he actually shed blood right through the veins of his body. But he had you in mind. And he said, Father, I know I said it before. I love those people so much. And I want them to be with me forever. That I'm willing to go to the cross. And let people... I can't go on. Nail me to a cross. And Brother Jeremiah brought up yesterday... I didn't come up with this. The cross goes up and down and this way. For God so loved the world. Heaven, hell, and earth. East, west. He died for everyone. I don't care who you are. He died from the uttermost to the guttermost. Are you an alcoholic? He died for you. Are you a child beater? He died for you. Are you a wife beater? He died for you. Are you a murderer? Say yes. He died for you too. But he doesn't want you to stay in that mess. Dr. that clock. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child, 
When I became a man, I did away with childish things. I have a note here at the bottom. Christians, and I'm applying this to you, we need to stop being a child. Can I get a witness? Grow up, Christian. He desires to use you. Here's what it says. Christians, we need to grow up and stop acting like a child. Some of you have been a Christian for a long time. And you're still the same way. I'm not going to name the things you know. Remember. Remember now. And remember, religion is the most effectual preservative of youth and the best preparative for infirmity at old age. This life so full of vanity and vexation will be best understood. So, Pastor, would you give me a Kleenex, please, Some, somewhere, if it is regarded as gifts. Here's what you got to get. Here's from studying the Word of God, and I'm not bragging about it because it is, I told you the Word of God is so awesome. Say Creator. Did you know that word creator is actually creators? What do you mean by that, Brother Bruce? When it says, remember now your creator, it actually could be translated, remember now your creators. It was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that created you. Can I get a witness? If you don't believe that, just turn to John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were created by him. And I can't repeat this either because time is getting short. In Colossians chapter 1, I think it's in verse 16, talking about Jesus. All things were created by him. And the last part, I know I got this right, and for him. Do you know you were created for Jesus Christ? That's what the word of God says. But all three were involved for your creation. And let me add this in case you don't understand, in case some foolish man tells you, tells you that you're just like an animal. You're not an animal. God made you in his own image. And when he breathes his breath into you, you became a living, active soul who communicate with him. If you read the book or any part of Genesis, I think it's the first three or four chapters, God didn't breathe into animals. He breathed into man. You're special. 29. I'm going to stop when I'm supposed to. I'm not going to go overboard. I think I'm going overboard already. (laughs) What does the text say? It addresses the youth of both sexes throughout the creation. You are not your own. You have no right to yourself. God made you. He is your creators. He made you that you might be happy, but you can, ha- you can be happy only in him. Can I get an amen? amen? I don't care what you do, what you say. If you don't know Jesus, you're going you're to be empty sooner or later. It's an empty life without Jesus. 
And as he created you, he preserves you. He feeds, clothes, upholds you, Sam holds you. I, I'm glad I got to this part. I'm back to Colossians. Sam holds you again. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, I don't know what verse it is, 15 or 16, it says all things, talking about Jesus, all things were created by him. He upholds all things. The whole entire created universe is held together by Jesus Christ. And I heard the preacher say this yesterday, but I already knew it. You can call it atomic glue or anything, but I'm going to say it again. The whole created universe is held by the eternal. There's that word, say eternal, son of God. And this earth and the universe was split into billions and billions of pieces if Jesus Christ didn't hold it all together. I'm going to end. You can shut that off. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with Hebrews. Give me a second, folks. Hebrews chapter 1. Oh, come on. Almost there. Well, maybe I should stop right here, too. This is good. You know what? And I'm going to brag. That's what happens when you're led by the Spirit. He'll lead you anywhere. And to the glory of God. But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior. Wait a minute. But after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior. I don't care what you do with this verse. It just called Jesus Christ God. How do I know this? But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. God the Father didn't appear. The Son appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ. And watch this. Our Savior. In verse 4, God our Savior. In verse 6, Jesus Christ our Savior. Can I get a witness? Let me go on and finish this. God, who at many times and in many portions spake to times past unto the prophets, no, let me get it right. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days, say last days. Folks, whether you know it or not, can't you see we're in the last days? 
All you got to do is just look at the news. And I'm not getting all the polit. No, I'm not going that. You can see it on the news. This is not a political platform. This is God's platform. I don't need to talk about politics up here. I'm going to leave it up to Jesus. Because, why are you going to do that, Brother Bruce? Because he knows the end from the beginning. Why does he allow all this stuff? I can't answer that question. hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the ages or worlds. Who? This is talking about Jesus being the brightness of his glory and the express or exact representation of his being and upholding, there it is again, say upholding, all things by the word of his power. When he had it by himself, say by himself. Jesus did it by himself. He didn't want your, he, you couldn't help him. I couldn't help him. He did it by himself. Well, what did he do by himself? By himself purged our sins. He purged your sins. But he did something after that. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And I know you've heard this before. Did you know there was no seat when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, he couldn't sit down because his work was never done. There was no chair. You're sitting on a chair. His work, there was no, there was no, there was no chair there. What's that represent? He couldn't sit down because his priesthood, until his uh, priesthood was up, there were consecutive priests. He couldn't sit down. But Jesus did something. He sat down. And when he sat down, he said, Father, I completed the work that you wanted me to do. Glorify your son. On 17, glorify your son along with the glory that you and I had before the world began. What are you talking about, Brother Bruce? I just said it. You can look it up yourself, please. Say before the world began. If it was before the world began, he must be the eternal son of God.